Hey guys, before we get the show started today, episode nine, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. Kyle and I both want to just very quickly let you know it's one of our longer episodes. <laughs> just a teensy bit. Okay, we just finished it. I'm very sorry. I wanted to put this on here. It's about 50 minutes long. I know we promised you 30-ish minutes. It just got to be one of those talks, man. Just one of those conversations that went well and it carried over and I just don't want to split it up. I think it's worthwhile holding it together. So be warned. This one, you might have to break this one up a little bit, but it's, but I think it's all worth it. It is. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome to your. Favorite 30-ish minutes of the day. This is the Precisely Simple Podcast, your source for the latest news, interviews, and stories from the manufacturing world. Here we will dive headfirst into the world of manufacturing and the people that make it thrive. I'm Brandon. And I'm Kyle. Hello. Hey, guys. (laughs) Everybody is uh, coming in this week after getting off of uh, the the epic two-part series on the history of welding. Where Professor Kyle showed us showed us way more knowledge than we ever thought we could ever absorb <laughs> <laughs> in welding. Um, I, I would like to know if people actually enjoyed that kind of stuff, um, whether it be on welding or machining or engineering or anything like that. Um, like if if y'all enjoy the 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 history and background of kind of where technology or a certain type of technology came from. Uh, please, please let us know. Please tell. Like, I love doing research on stuff like that and finding out where stuff came from and how it came to be what it is and how it came to be either mainstream or not mainstream or something you never knew where stuff came from. I would, um, I really enjoy doing it. I know Brandon likes looking at stuff. So, oh yeah, you know, leave us, send us a message, leave us a comment. Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, tell us. Like we 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 love to do it, but we're not going to bore you to death if that's not stuff y'all want to hear. That's true. Know? Hey, Kyle. You know, uh, I mentioned this week. I put up a post uh, two days ago that we've reached a hey, huge milestone, like sixty plus uh, followers on our Instagram <laughs> account. We have a a whopping three posts on there. I know it's not that much to talk about, but. Um, in the course of a day, we already picked up 10 more followers. So we're already up to 73 after that. So it seems like small numbers, but really honestly for a, a grassroots discussion about manufacturing, that is, you know, we are so specific and so niche in this. Um, just the speed that it's starting to actually pick up is very impressive and it's encouraging too. Um, I was telling that, that and where they're from. Yeah. 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 I know. Right. We were seeing some very, uh, globally diverse uh, listening audience, which was absolutely awesome to see. And I want to absolutely truly, truly happy about that. I want to let you guys know that if you are following us on Instagram, we, you know, Kyle and I both have looked through them. Uh, we've looked at your accounts. We've seen some of the cool pictures you guys are posting on your stuff too. Um, trying to keep up with uh, doing the matching shares to everybody and uh, the matching follows. So, um, just keep on coming, you know, keep just, just come on there and, and Hey, honestly, shoot us a comment, shoot us a message. Like Kyle just said, especially about stuff, content that you like, if you hear something, and you're like, that was the show. That's the jam. Let's us know what to do and we can do more of it. So, so all of that truly helps. So it let's does. get, yeah. So let's get into this. The, uh, manufacturing minute. And I want to, <laughs> I want to talk about the tool that, um, you know, so many of us have, and I don't necessarily know if we, if you, if you don't, if you don't realize the versatility of this, you are missing out. And that is, uh, right now they're one sixty nine ninety nine in, uh, continental us home depots. And it is the four shelf, uh, industrial rack shelving system. The six, they says big 6,000 pounds on it because every shelf can support 2000 pounds of whatever they are the. The, the more you know the smaller garage size version of the same exact racks that they use to put everything in Home Depot and in all the warehouses these are literally the greatest things ever created ever absolutely amazing absolutely we, we have oh. we have probably 
50 or 60 of them in our shop, like from inventory storage. I mean, we, we have them all over the place because if you compare them to Uline or Global Industrial or any of these other like material handling, material storage places. Like high ends. Those, that's high end names. Oh, those things out are there. four or $500 a piece Yeah, for the same thing that Home Depot is literally shelling out for 169 bucks yeah and, and if, wait till they're on sale they're oh, like in the 130s i know 120s. that's yeah. when i scored mine there in my garage that was the first time i said yeah i'm gonna get some of these nice ones and then um we use them in our in our classroom we use them in our lab and actually i built our 3d printer farm based off of one of these shelving units and it honest to god it looks amazing most people when i tell them that's just a set of home depot shelves it doesn't click until they realize I said that and they look at it and they go, Oh my God, it really is. Um, you know, just a little bit of time with some wood and, uh, attaching 3d lights underneath each shelf. This thing really does become this amazing 3d printer farm, uh, that works great. I have another set in one of my, in my office and it's a workbench and the same thing. The top shelf is storage shelf and you mount lights underneath and then, you put one shelf right at about the height you want to be standing or sitting at and cut out a piece of wood on the router and boom, you've got like a really kick butt awesome workbench. Yep. Um, you get, again, if you're just doing simple wood stuff, you can use wood or you can use plexiglass. You can screw to these things and actually seal off certain areas. Now all of a sudden you have a dehumidifying chamber or you have enclosed storage. It's, these are like literally these are the the tinker toys lincoln logs they're the legos they're normal or they're modern legos and hey if you buy two sets of them you could strategically create three sets of shelves with them whoa whoa Whoa. yeah yeah really did i just mess with you <laughs> <laughs> no no we we, yeah. say, we we have those things all over our shop <laughs> and we uh we absolutely love them uh, and they just for the money they are. We have yet to find anything that is remotely close to them. It's just incredible. Yeah. And listen, I'm telling you, just you you can link them. You just you link them. So you only need three vertical sides, and you have two full sets of shelving units. So and you can buy the individuals too. Some somewhere I know I've seen it before, but you can. Yeah. And you can get the different lengths. It's just, oh my gosh, it's it's just amazing. They're awesome. Anyway, so listen, if you haven't considered it, considered it. Do it. If you have been on the fence and you're like, maybe I'll get these shelves. Maybe they're a little bit of overkill. Let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast, you're the kind of person who appreciates overkill anyway. Yes. So there's no reason to continue doubting yourself. You have Kyle and I's permission. You should go get these. They are awesome. Because it's like the difference between these and the Harbor Freight flimsy shelves mm-hmm. that you have to screw to the wall because when you look at them, they bend. That should be their uh, first warning, right? Like if it yeah. says you must screw this to a stud to make sure it doesn't <laughs> yeah. fall over. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably an idea that you probably shouldn't put <laughs> weight on it. They always put that instruction at the very end. So then at that point, you're like, well, I've already put so much investment yeah. and time into this. I guess I have to. I've already bent half the tabs. <laughs> I've already like destroyed one entire leg. So I'm going to have to bolt lag bolt this to the wall. Yep, and stay and it's a permanent now. fixture in the house now. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's a great, great, uh, great product. Great. Uh, just, just addition to any workshop, but, uh, let's go back. You skipped small talk, uh, which is our weekly question of moving forward, moving backward, red light, green light. You see what I did there? I went so green light that I went past, I went through it. No, no, I get it. That's fine. So I'll, I'll, I'll put you in reverse and, uh, <laughs> Well, we'll make sure we get this covered and uh, and keep moving with the show. So tell me, red light, green light, oh yellow my light, God. It flashing, been... flashing orange caution. I mean, what, what, what do we got here? Yeah, this is this this was this was a 1992 Grand Caravan on the train tracks with an impending train coming. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> no, it was um it was our first week of hybrid instruction. We had students on-site we also had students that stayed virtual and i thought i was entirely prepared and honestly in the scheme of things and talking to people it still went okay um but it was it felt terrible i felt 
I hate that feeling that I'm unprepared. Yep. And I hate that feeling that I'm not doing my job correctly. And thankfully, you know, people at work have been reassuring to say, listen, we're all feeling that way because nobody knows how to handle this. We don't know what we're doing. And we're trying our best with what we've got. And so it's been tough. It was green light. It's been it's been bell to bell. I have been just working hard the whole time, nonstop. And it felt better by Friday. But, man, it's been green light. And it's been a difficult green light. It's been really hard this week, actually. But we'll get there. We'll figure it out. The kids, the students are resilient, and the staff is resilient. We'll we'll get through it. What about you, man? Uh, it was good. You know, short week. Uh, so we we played. We, we were playing catch up and um, and stuff like that. We found a couple things out uh, in terms of kind of our forecast and kind mm-hmm. of how we're, I guess, projecting our production and stuff like that. Some some stuff that may change or evolve. Uh, to lead us down uh, a much larger path than we thought. Uh, That's where, encouraging. Yeah, no, it's it's looking like a double production in the next nine months kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, so it's we, 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 we definitely had some of those uh, tough meetings where it's, hey, this is very real. Are we heading down the right path technology-wise? Are we scalable? I mean, we've been doing all the math and... We've been investing in the right equipment, but it it's about to get real. Um, so it it was it was both, I guess, nervous but also comforting, knowing that we've essentially been proving this out for the last almost year, nine months, really, of implementation of technology and scalability, and it's been working. So you know, that conversation wasn't terrifying of saying, Hey, in nine months we need to double again. So, uh, it it was, it was good. It was a good week again, short, a lot of stuff, you know, cramming a lot of meetings into, you know, multiple, you know, same day kind of thing. Right. But, uh, it it was, it was definitely a, a good week to look into the rest of this year. You know, Q4 has essentially started. Uh, or about to start in the uh, first part of October. So, um, you know, planning for what we're doing in Q4, trying to roll through the end of the year into Q1 of next year and and just, you know, keep the momentum going, uh, knowing kind of in the back of our mind of kind of where this stuff is headed. So, um, you, you know, were looking the- at personnel <laughs> changes and stuff like that. Like oh, wow. On. Yeah. That's exciting. That's great, especially given the you know the climate and the working situation we're in right now. You were so you were essentially eight year old you when we would have snow days, and you have the big hill, and you're like, I'm going to pack in this snow all the way up and make the sickest, sickest slide ever. And then you start the slide and realize, oh my god, I did make the sickest slide ever. I am about to hit rocket speed. This is horrifying. Yeah. Like that was you. Yeah, that that <laughs> mean that it really was because it, it was it was. Essentially, what we're projecting is what we had always built our infrastructure for, but we've never pushed it that hard or had to. So here we go. It, it, that's pretty much it. It's like, all right, boys, let's hold on. Let's 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 see if I did the math right. Let's let's <laughs> see if I, you know, made the right decision on implementation of certain technology. It's only, uh, you can only be on the slow part of that roller coaster for so long. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can only run, you know, and again, super fortunate to be moving in that direction, but it's still kind of crazy to think that, you know, we're 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 doing we're doing good now in terms of we, we've got our processes dialed, things are rolling, but just to imagine within the same amount of time we went to here is to double it again. That's exciting. Yeah. Good times, but heck yeah! So yeah, definitely, definitely green light. Just got a lot of crazy stuff, and I got a bunch of travel coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So I'll be in and out of the shop. You think you have travel? Who knows? They might change <sighs> it. You know, uh, I was, I had heard it's all domestic travel. But uh, you know, I had heard that um, New York State had something set up where if they found out that you had traveled to a hotspot and returned, they would fine you. So, so I'm not going to New York. I guess not. Yeah, like they. Uh, I, I say this. It's all secondhand knowledge. So you know, obviously take it as gospel. But I mean, it, it was on the internet, so it, must <laughs> it be was true, on right? the internet. So okay, it must be true. Good. Yeah, good. something along those lines. I think there's something like a two thousand dollar fine if 
if you're shown to have traveled to a hotspot and returned or came back to New York or brought it, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Something to look into. So just be careful when you're wherever you're going. Yeah, we're 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 going to some very secure places. Good I deal. guess is the best way to put it. They're, All right. So you'll yeah. be safe. So That's fine. We're, we're, and take your yeah, mask. We're, we're fine. Hey, take your take take your nice little mask. Yeah. I know you've got yours is what? It's uh Hello Kitty, right? No, um, I'm just kidding. SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob. Yes. Listen. Yes. Uh, I, honestly, if they had a bluey mask, I would rock oh, that I, thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. So. I know it's off topic, but listen, if any of you have, you know, a toddler in your household and you don't want, if you don't have Disney plus, I don't understand how that works. Um, but if you do have Disney plus jump on over to the Disney junior section and find a show for out of Australia called bluey. Yep. It's about a couple of, uh, about a family of what are their blue, Blue Healers, I think, yep. and uh, it's the best. It is the, just the best show. I love that show. Anyway, sorry. New tech. I want to hear manufacturing decoded. Uh, I want to have kind of just. Uh, I want to have an offhand, just just kind of off the cuff conversation with you, Kyle, and and obviously if we get comments in our different. I like new stuff. I like things. <laughs> if we get comments in our different uh, social media platforms, that's super encouraged. Uh, yeah. I, what kind of tech is gets you excited i you know i have a few questions but so, uh, you know I, what's your jam based on kind of our industry yeah um what's what's really been exciting is um some of the metallurgy and coating stuff we're doing mm. it's been really cool not just coming up with new stuff but the but the uh, the migration of technology from other other market sectors mm-hmm. has been really, really fun to do because you, you find like, oh, there's a whole nother use for this that has never been thought of before. So some of it's new, some of it's not. Um, that's something that we're do, we're playing in a lot. And then um, you know the, I guess the implementation of automation and and making evolving the manufacturing workspace is is what really really fuels innovation fuels uh the the, the pushing of, of of our company pushing of technology and stuff like that i've, I've always liked, loved automation uh, i've always loved what is thinking outside the box when you essentially look at something with no real limitations of you know, I, I can literally do whatever I want with this and being able to have the freedom to do it a completely different way and using using new tech or using old tech in a new way. And that that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with is is you can still use old tech if you're using it, you know, use it in a new way. Use it for something that never was originally designed for. What's what's wrong with that? There's nothing it's wrong still, with it's that. Still you new. can totally do that. Yeah, it's still new. So um, that kind of stuff, and then kind of where some of the AI virtual reality, and if you want to talk about like what me and you just kind of looked at, um, it'd be cool. But but the right. the, the introduction of uh, virtual learning, virtual collaboration, and uh, essentially like three dimensional. Uh, three-dimensional work cells mm-hmm. is is something I'm 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 all about. Uh, I I really want to see how it can apply to some of the stuff we do, but uh, I I definitely I definitely see the value in the technology. Yeah, I showed Kyle. Um, I was at a a summit. I was at a manufacturing the future of manufacturing summit hosted by Bloomberg uh, in Atlanta a couple years ago, and they had individuals they're talking about obviously digital twins and some of the other resources and one of them was how they were implementing augmented reality into um into the manufacturing sector really on the side of tech support and if we get specific product placement we're talking about you know like the microsoft hololens hololens 2 that type of thing where instead of us you know seeing things in front of us i know for a little while we had it on our phones where it would say hey if you're walking around the mall and hold up your phone and you'll see the coupons to the stores and just yeah. rudimentary stuff like that well now they're starting to find a real business opportunity with it where there's no there might not be a need to send a technician out to the field pay for the travel pay for hotel food um, per diem all that stuff instead 
we can send out a like a Microsoft HoloLens unit and the actual operator on site can put this thing on, connect to the technician, talking to them either by, by video chat or by phone um, through the lens. And what they see in front of them is very, and the best I can liken it is to the way the Iron Man, uh, like Robert Downey Jr., his heads up display was where they can see the things happening in front of them that they need to work on. You can have a manual that's popped up, a PDF of a manual that you can access and look at. Um, the end use, the technical support personnel on their side can highlight items in the line of sight of the person and tell them, hey, this is the handle you need to open, go into this door. Okay, now flip this switch and point them out to the person as they're looking at it which is just mind blowing to me because how many people have really sat there and, and thought about trying, just trying to explain their remote control for their television to somebody over the phone. And you know, like, oh God, okay, I need you to get the remote with the red button. No, 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 it's the really the long one. Button. Yeah, no, the yeah. other red button, not the, oh God, not that one. It's, it kind of has a little squiggly. It looked like it was, it was a music symbol before, but it's worn off because we touch it too much. You know, that's kind of thing. And now you can have the person right there the whole time actually showing you. And then you can import animations and 3D views into this where you can show the person a breakdown of the digital twin and where where they need to unscrew something or pull out a component. It is insane. It is the coolest thing I've seen. So the, um, the, the ad or the video that, that you showed me is the, the technical support side of someone was in a big machine shop, had a problem with the machine, error code came up, essentially rung up tech support, said, here, here's the error we're having. Okay, let me pull up the manual. We just updated this. Uh, okay, yeah, go to this section. Look at this servo drive. Oh, you got loose power, so you have intermittent power to servo drive. Cool, fixed. Like, I 100% see the validity in that kind of technology just in the service industry side mm -hmm. of, of stuff like that. So there, there's, there's definitely a place for it. The virtual training side, if you were training, especially on very technical based stuff or anything that was very hands-on, especially with COVID and all this stuff now, right. being able to do remote and or virtual training is it's it's pretty big because you essentially could have someone working at a shop and they could be part of a training class without ever going anywhere like i know for like you know for like our edm we had to send everyone to chicago because that was the best way to do it because it was four times more expensive for the training guy to come to come to us oh Whereas, the environment has opened up yeah, for this tech huge yeah, immensely massive yeah. massive so I, I, I truly see like that kind of stuff coming down where you'll start seeing like sub thousand dollar headsets and most of your big manufacturing companies, that's a no brainer. Like if you have, you know, in most shops, like I said, like I talked about last time, most shops have either Wi-Fi or 5G in the shop. So you have internet connectivity. There's no reason why you cannot do virtual troubleshooting, virtual training, like any of that stuff. There's no reason why that stuff cannot happen, especially as advanced as today's manufacturing is. And I think now's the time for it because, you know, before we're still very old school, a lot of us in, in the country in our thinking about work and that you have to be at work, you have to be there for a certain amount of hours, you need to be on your feet, your break is only your break. Like we don't have a real dynamic and fluid thought about the workday and this has really forced us to just flip our thinking. And one of those have been having people at home or doing virtual as a viable resource. And we've now shown, yeah, it actually is. Productivity can continue in a virtual environment in certain situations. And yeah, I, it's, it's you, wide open for it now. Yeah. I mean, look at the engineering side. If you, if you had engineers remote, even on mechanical design, being able to collaborate, even on the other side of the building, and being able to collaborate in a 3D environment. Hey, let me show you this one part, this one model, versus you either walking all the way out of the building or having to send file transfers of models and all. Oh, it's like, huge. Oh, that, that stuff wastes so much time. It could be, uh, what, what do you think of this valve assembly? Like, do you think these tolerances will fit? Do you think this mechanical? Oh, yep, no, that'll, that'll work great. All right, let me see it actuate. Okay. 
that kind of tech implemented into just design, mechanical design, electrical design, implementation of, uh, uh, you know, PLC, you know, hey, do you, is this, is this, you know, sending, sending something to the electrical engineer, or automation engineer, hey, does this right kind of thing? Or, you know, PLC troubleshooting. Oh my God, just on the troubleshooting and tech side, this the technology is amazing. Can I tell you, you know, we talked about Onshape uh, in the Manufacturing Minute on one of our previous episodes. We just, I just got onboarded with our uh, enterprise account. So they're letting us test that out for a year, uh, you know, because of COVID and, and everything going on. Um, so I have my students in an enterprise environment where I am, you know, able to access everything that they're doing and, and monitor what they're working on. And they can all work remotely from anywhere. There's there's two there's a couple features in here. It is mind blowing how smart this is. Uh, one of them is we talked about this. It really is if Google Docs it's Google Docs for CAD because what you're doing is live updating for everybody involved. You can have multiple people in your CAD file working. It's all web based, so you don't you're not dependent on insane GPU power and and great you know desktops and uh, Quattro cards. Yeah. One of the things is you can make comments on your part in your part studio. So now it's not just a part and an assembly and a drawing. They call it a part studio, and you can drop multiple files in it, including pictures, videos, G-code files, anything. can all be a part of this collective workspace that it's in. And um, you can make a comment in there. And in the comment, you you can do an at symbol and type in the name of somebody in your enterprise and specifically tag them in that yeah. comment it adds an action to them and, and you can say hey should i be putting a fillet in this location is that going to be okay there's a button there for you to hit a tag and literally click a feature on the model that yep. associates into that comment and so i tell my students if you have issues or questions tag me and assign it to me and click on the items that you have questions about and send it over to me i get a ding on here it says hey such and such is asking is it okay if I make this change to this pocket? And I can open up their features or open up their model, take a look at what they're talking about. I can immediately send a comment back. Yeah, that looks good. Go for it. Or no, I'm going to need you to change this. But it's insane. It is insane. Just being able to physically tag it, not physically, but you know, virtually tag the item on there and say this, and I can see what they're talking about. And it was incredible. It's, and there, it, It's the whole oh. real-time interaction and real-time collaboration i guess mindset yeah and being able to get a whole bunch of stuff done in a very short amount of time because everyone is connected in a very very small i guess uh almost intimate environment because everything's right there in front of you right and everything is at your fingertips literally so here do this and this and this rotate this okay yeah that looks great all right cool go ahead and finish this kind of thing out whereas that could have been a 20-minute meeting or start moving stuff to the conference room or trying to share file, all that other just, it just doesn't work. It's not efficient. No, it's not a good use of people's time. And I'll tell you, we had our classroom yesterday and today. Um, we had it set up where there's a projector on the wall. I have the zoom call going with our virtuals. So this is, would be no different than you having a conference or a meeting at your workplace. My virtual people were up there on their, the Zoom call, they were attached to the speakers in the room and there was a microphone in the room. Again, just like a conference room, but everybody was still working. So they were a part of the workspace and you could hear them jump on. Hey, such and such, can you share this file with me? I sent you a tag. That person's responding back instantly. Hey, I got it. Yeah, I'm on it. The people virtually are sending files to my students here on site. They're saying, hey, I sent something over to you. Can you send it to the 3D printer? Yeah, no problem. It's yeah. It was really a fairly seamless integration having software that they were all pulled into that worked really well. And then just instead of just using a zoom call as a thing for you to sit down into, it just became that open line of communication as though they were in the room with us. And it's adding a lot of, uh, you know, what we call voice equity and, and, and a lot of value of that person being in there. They didn't feel like they were just a secondhand person. They were a part of the whole thing, which I don't know, that might be some of what's happening too with the virtual stuff going on, but man, this tech is so cool. It is so cool. And it's not super new. I mean, it's 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 a couple of years old. Yeah, it's just getting I, better. I, it's just getting better and better. The implementation, the usability, the price point. That's the other thing. Like you know, 
I think when it first came out, what was it like seven grand a headset or something? Oh yeah, absolutely. Now it's thirty something. Last year it was thirty five hundred. I mean, who knows what it'll be next year? Right. And you you may be down to a thousand dollars a headset, and that's where that that kind of the the true evolution of technologies is just gets better and better and better more affordable more implement allows you to implement it into almost everyday life kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and that that's what i enjoy about tech that is actually going to last versus just you know cool wham bam you know the hottest thing at uh uh, what's the, what's the big consumer uh, electronic show? C- oh, oh, CES. CES. <laughs> but, consumer electronics. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a long week. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's super cool tech that literally never goes anywhere. Right, right. And so seeing stuff that actually evolves, actually moves forward because it actually has a place in in the market and in people's lives that's that's what's really really cool to see yeah yeah my man i have fallen full on into the world of 3d printing and i know yeah man you're dipping your toes and you're just kind of like yep ready to jump in on this is cool i'm on (laughs) yeah so we uh you know we've 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 been playing with um you know i had a four old form labs like a one or one plus okay one of the first ones so played around with the whole stereolithography you know uh, laser uv curing resin right right um then our operations uh, director was into um fdm for a long time and doing a bunch of fdm stuff and so you know as as our technology and i guess r&d base grows within the company it's like uh, we need to be able to start even just for fit and form start 3d printing parts and so you know we, we've looked at some really expensive you know fdm printers we've looked at some stuff and it, it's just that space changes and evolves every other month or quarterly there's something new coming out there's something evolving changing and that's what's so cool about so much of that stuff being open source is that you know we're looking at metal 3d printers we're looking at dmls we're looking at binder we're looking at uh extruded um uh, you know center or mem based technology uh for rapid prototyping of metals instead of plastics as well so right. we're playing with everything under the sun and it's it's just i'm getting super addicted and i know you on the education side use 3d printing like no education system has ever seen <laughs> and I, I i and i told you like I remember telling you when you first kind of went down that path, I'm like, dude, they're going to eat this stuff up because no one is pushing this newer technology at the level that you're teaching at. And it's, it's going to do well. And look and behold, lo and behold, look as what has happened. Yeah. It's, it's they love it. The, the kids love it. People are actually learning about technology that, when they actually get into the workplace will be there and they have already seen it before. So they're already going to be worth more to their employer because of their exposure at a younger level. Right. Yeah. We, uh, we do, we, we try to integrate that production into it a whole heck of a lot harder than yeah. probably necessary than, than it's called out in some of the standards, but I think it's the way to go because I mean, that's where industry is going. That's where my, my companies, yeah. you know, so, like you tell me, hey, this is where we're looking. So Yeah, this is this is where we're looking. This is where we're going. This is what kids need to understand when they come to the workforce. You know, just going through and getting a degree or going through a trade school and stuff like that is just it's not enough anymore. Like you have to be able to come into a company and actually contribute. Right, right. So getting that knowledge from the bottom and pushing up and growing with that knowledge base is so much more important uh, nowadays more than anything because you, 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 everything changes so fast that you just you have to be able to keep up and, and you have to have that good base of a whole new type of technology and, and kind of where manufacturing is going. And see, it's that kind of, it, I mean, that's the truth. This stuff is, it moves at bleeding edge speed and that is why, you know, and that's why I've kind of taken the approach of more bang for the buck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
when it comes to this stuff, obviously we have limited budgets in classrooms anyway. So a lot of this stuff that I can I can get a hold of is based off of me you know, doing applications for grants and reaching out to other companies and getting support in ways that are outside of what we're normally allowed for supplies. And you know, in doing that, I have no problem buying low end or low low cost but very comparable pieces of equipment because one, obviously students are learning if something happens and the damage happens, we're talking about low investment. We're talking about, you know, low Co cost to get yeah, it. A couple hundred bucks to fix it versus it, tens exactly. of thousands to pick, fix something. Yeah, exactly. And that this yeah. stuff is accelerating and growing as fast as it is. We don't want to be so heavily invested in something that's not stable. I mean, if you buy yep. a CNC machine, like a router or a mill or a lathe, that makes sense. That technology is not going anywhere and it's pretty solid. You're just going to have, you know, exponential growth that's e equating to the amount of money you're willing to put into it. But sure. this kind of stuff, you know, this stuff, the, the 3D printing side of it, there's so many facets of it that it makes sense to just get involved and try as much of it as you can. We blended it into manufacturing by just taking, you know, we had a couple of printers and they were really growing great and we just needed more. So we bought more and we got a couple more after that. And then it became an issue of, well, how do we make this more production? So we built a farm out of it. You know, there's six of them networked together. And now we're going to the next step. Well, this is still not as efficient as it could be. What can we do? Well, let's build four more farms. You know, yep. let's 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 nest 30 of these machines running at the same time and have them assigned and let's test it with, you know, responsible end users who are who are knowledgeable in how to manage and and calibrate and operate these things and have them on schedules and shifts and that kind of thing. So, you know, so we're integrating real world into this technology. But man, all this stuff is so neat. You know, we're working on parts for uh, you know, a pretty large and well known organization and um and some of the parts they want us to do are going to be out of high temperature thermoplastic material, like yep. all temp 1010. And I was showing Kyle, there's this one machine. What is it? The, Oh man, I love <sighs> something, man. something HD the fun tech, the fun temp, something like that. It's, yeah. It's, it's a super it, high temp, like was uh, it 450 degrees C 450 degrees C. So that's, that's roughly what? 850 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Up Insane there, Insane. like the, like the bed the bed temp and the chamber temp got up to three twenty five or something. Oh I was God. like, yeah, you cook a, you literally cook a pizza inside this three D printer because of you know, thermoplastics and and some of the thermo resins and stuff like that have to ha have to be handled at such a high temperature. Right. You know, mainly you know, part of it's for the extrusion factor, but like you said, they're also uh, they also absorb moisture very very quickly. Oh, the so you literally have it, to. Yeah. The Intim says Fun Matt HT. That's it. There yeah. you go. So, but you know, twenty years or like a perfect example was we used uh, Stratasys three D printed the intake manifold of our Formula SAE car. Uh, I don't know, several years ago, probably five six years ago. Okay, and it was the second or third public print of that material. Wow, but. We 3D printed the entire intake manifold with injectors, with threaded holes that our throttle body threaded to, and it take, it took fuel, it took heat. I mean, that, that stuff was good to like 400 degrees or something insane. Fuel didn't mess with it. Like, it was an amazing material, but it was super experimental, and now there's some very large multi-letter alphabet soup agencies mm -hmm. that are doing stuff with it, and you have the ability at a school yeah to be able to work with them yeah that's yeah and that's and this is you know this is something that i'm, and, and, I'm interested and, and you put it even more perspective that printer's like you'll be like what 10 grand in the whole thing yeah it's in the scheme of equipment <laughs> and manufacturing that <laughs> is nothing, nothing nothing that is nothing um yeah it's it's a real it's real exciting this is this is neat stuff this is stuff that in our in our field i mean you can hear kyle he's in his field and he's like this is cool stuff yeah um the, the idea that i could get students and excited about this and get companies excited about the fact that is one of the things that we have seen the most impact on in our program is that companies come in and see the level of this type of stuff we're doing and how we're integrating the curriculum into 
the way the real world is. And they're like, wow, this is they're they're seriously learning this stuff. You're really having them work on this type of equipment. And I'm like, yes, they're going to be adults very soon if some of them aren't already. And you yeah. want them to work in your workspace and not be you know, want them to be com- you know, confident yeah. and good yeah. at what they're doing, right? So of course that's what we're training them on. It makes perfect sense. But it's it's just, you know, it's a new method. It's a new style of doing things a little bit. Yeah. And uh yeah. It's exciting. And that's just the idea of some of these things that we can do with this. You're like, what? I can seriously 3D print stuff at 800 something degrees. That is mind boggling. Yeah, it was. uh, You had uh, carbon infused. um, What was what was the what was that impeller? Oh, yeah, it was um, it was carbon fiber polycarbonate. Yeah. Printing carbon reinforced polycarb. That is like that's insane. Oh yeah, that is the kind of stuff that uh, you're like printing no the, way. the TEF, the uh, the the fluoroelastomer uh, like uh, rubbers, like mm-hmm. being able to print fluoroelastomers, being able to print uh, some of the carbon based nylon stuff. Like even the uh, the uh, FDM printer we have, we we bought the upgraded hothead, so we can print nylon X, which is chopped carbon right. infused nylon six six. So, you know, almost 10,000, 11,000 PSI. No, I'm sorry. Nylon X is 14,000 PSI tensile. So it's even higher than standard nylon 6.6 rot material. And it's, it's so cool to see what we can do with some of these stuff where it's like we can legitimately do functional testing with some of the stuff that I can print, come back tomorrow, and be testing. Why not? So, Absolutely. Yeah, why not? So in, in the R&D cycle... It's something that up until five years ago really was you only saw it in big labs. That's it. Right. Now, my, my my little humble tech company, uh, <laughs> we, we 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 you know we can have weak R and D cycles, or it's right, a week. right, right, and to be competitive and to to keep pushing the technology and the pushing the stuff we're doing. That is the only way you can you're going to be able to succeed. That's just all there is to it. I agree. I completely agree. Um, So, so on that side of these things, like budget wise, would you be, you know, like, are you the one that's trying to get the most bang out of the buck? Or are you just, just, just banging the buck, just, just throwing money at something. And no, we're, we're, we're not really throwing money at something. We're, we're definitely being strategic about where we are spending money. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a lot of that stuff, like I think we have, for so we have a we have a resin printer. We just bought another bigger resin printer, and our FDM. I want to say we have maybe twenty five hundred in the entire oh three my machines. God, are you serious? So like our resin printer, man, it's it's like one of the Creality ones. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, I can print down to fifty microns with that thing. I mean, like it'll print it'll print good enough where I I'm having to adjust my STL export settings from SolidWorks. Because the faceting is showing up in the print. <laughs> that's ex- so, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And, and we're doing functional wow. nylon 6.6 prints on actual parts that are going to be machined out of metal because we can actually do function testing with some of the stuff with the nylon X we're doing. Um, and it's like, oh, you know, I'll set it to print and come back. And by 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, I can assemble this 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 little prototype part and actually just do function and form testing before I start cutting anything metal. Uh, and then we're looking at metal printers. Like we're looking at, you know, uh, rod binder based systems. Um, DML splinters have come exponentially down in price. They're not yet there yet. I don't think we're, we're in that realm yet. Yeah, but they still, yeah, that price tag still hurts. on They're, those they're still bit. high. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're still looking at decent, decent printers are still 500 K. So we're 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 not we're not there yet, but five years ago that same printer was one point five. So oh, that's true. Yeah, so they are they're getting there. Um, so all of that technology to rapid prototype to evolve production, evolve engineering is I, I'm about any of it, but we 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 are we are cautious about where we spend money because the technology changes so fast. So we, while we aren't, we, we're not, we're not banging the buck. I, I don't need the bottom of the barrel. Um, but I am realistic in my expectations of what I get out of certain equipment. Right. I get so excited. I mean, I get, 
I get excited with some of this stuff where, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of when you would go to a drag strip and you'd see somebody with their, I don't know, like their 82 LeBaron. And, and, and it's just an I dare you make yeah. fun of my LeBaron. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> it's, just, you. it's just, uh, it's just annihilating, you know, some of this, something out there that looks incredible and they look and they go, how did you even make that happen out of that thing? And yep. there's something exciting in, on my side of it to say just that. It's like, how did you make that happen out of something like this where, yeah, um, like beautiful prints out of a $400 printer. Yeah, it's like, how like did you even... The, 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 it's printing the same as your $25,000 printer next right. to it. Yeah. And, you know, some of the, again, the teacher part of me coming out of it, you know, still to this day, none of our machines have automatic bed leveling. <laughs> I know that seems evil, but it's a trait that all of our students need to know how to do, and they need to understand the quality of of the finesse of tiny little details like that. And um, w when you get it, man, when you get it just right and the stuff coming out of there is it works, just, man. oh, it's just it incredible. Works. It's just insane yep. how good it is. Um, yeah, I'm that, I'm that way. I'm like, if somebody's, if somebody's sending money into our program or, or we're getting some type of support or funding, I am like, okay, what is the most I can get out of this that is going to give as much opportunity as possible, you know, and I've had people ask me, well, what, is there a big machine that you wanted to get? And I'm like, no, I would much rather get 30 small machines or 50 medium ones or 10 this because I want the, I want more opportunity. I want, you know, yeah. I want us to do more with less. And obviously if they're going to break it, I don't want to be heartbroken that they've shut, shut me down for the day. Yep. Yep. Which, <laughs> which we all know. If you've got, you know, if you got a CNC lathe and somebody shunts a turret right into the spindle, you're you're shut down for about a week, and that is not a good day. Oh, that was a bad day. That was a <laughs> it's bad a really week. bad day. Oh. Uh, it's a bad week. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just realized. Yeah, I had something for our. It's the tools fault too. That I'll. It's funny. I'll have to share with you. Um, so let's just go right into that. Hey, it's yeah. the tool's fault. So you had something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have one that's it's wasn't a bad thing, but it was a we were kind of chasing a, a problem. We um, so we've got a newer high speed fifteen thousand RPM mill, super rigid. It's got dual contact spindle. I mean, it's it it's a beast of a machine. Thirty horsepower. It, it it's awesome machine. Kills it. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been getting some kind of weird tool marks. And it kind of looked like tool deflection, kind of looked like chatter. But, you know, we, we checked, man, like we, we'd, we'd run stuff with hydraulic holders, right. shrink fit, like trying to chase this one little pattern. Got got the, even the manuf the machine manufacturer to look at it and be like, you know, is, is it a spit? You know, it's a newer machine, but spindles go bad. We get it. Uh, I just understand. It just happens. It just happens. So he's like, ah, I don't know. It's like a bad spindle would do this. He's like, but let's. Let's try one other thing. And we honestly figured it out that our post, so our machine has built-in smoothing capabilities for high-speed machining. And we turns out the post was calling up the wrong secondary value. Oh. So it was calling smoothing, but it was calling the roughest form of smoothing. Oh. So it was literally just calling the wrong subsection of code it was just a post issue. Like it was the simplest thing that we were chasing. We're like, man, you know, do you know that they just like, Oh, we don't want to put a spindle in it. And I was like, I, I get it. I don't want you to put a spindle in it. Like, I hope it's not that figured out the code, man. We went out there today and you can see yourself in the bottom of a, a pocket. Like it's insane changing one little thing. And that machine, all of our, all of our feeds, all of our rapids got like everything just got, better by changing one little piece of code but because a lot of people don't weren't doing the same kind of weird tricodal stuff we were doing mm -hmm. it wasn't just a common oh you know the the applications guy like oh just do this oh yeah oh we've seen that before yeah switch yeah. this over yeah yeah switch this over so it was a lot of a lot of stuff like that where it's just it just happened to be you know just right right way of thinking about it and the right guy thinking outside of the box saying, uh, let's try this first. Kind there of thing. you go. Yeah. I like it. Uh, mine's quick. Just, uh, Hey, when you're refilling the coolant sump, remember to turn the hose off. <laughs> hey, just, you have not worked in a machine uh, shop until you have flooded the coolant <laughs> tank. You have, you're not a machinist. If you haven't washed the floors with the coolant tank once or twice, <laughs> 
I'm not going to say that that happened in our shop this week, but it did. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So we had a, we had a student filling the tank and, uh, just left it on. I heard a slight drizzle drip as I came back into the lab and I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on? Oh, cool. We're flooded. So there's that. Yeah. But I made a point to let them, you know, let them know, Hey, these things happen and they do. They happen. It's not the end of the world. I have myself flooded four shops. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on, two shops four times. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's we all have done it, and I think it's a rite of passage. Really, if you're a machinist, yeah. you've yep. you've if you haven't flooded at least part of your machine shop once, are you even a machinist? <laughs> you you're not trying hard. You're not trying hard enough if you haven't. Oh my god. So. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. Man, this is a really good conversation. I enjoyed this one. So this is good. And I hope that... Both stuff we like. I know. That's what's fun when you talk about the stuff you like. Listen, I hope the people listening at home uh, or in your cars or in your earbuds in front of a machine enjoyed this kind of stuff too. If you did, please reach out to us and let us know. I really, again, really appreciate the support that we're getting on social media. Thank you for that. We're here and we're humble and we're reading everything. So feel free to just shoot us a line and say, hey, or just love the stuff or let us know. Um, also, if you can, I noticed somebody else put us a, a five-star review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Please, if you're enjoying the show, please consider doing that on your podcast source of choice. If you're using iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, uh, Apple, Google, any of those, we're on all of them. Just pop a review in there or pop a five-star for us. That'd be great. It helps us in the ratings, helps us with everything else. And um yeah i guess just just be vocal let us know what you like and and uh we'll keep on giving you more of the same we'll think about it ah we'll think about it i suppose <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> come on let's be honest we're all kind of the same people we're all laughing at the same jokes we are we're, and, we're, we're all the same and every one of our wives are looking at us like i can't this is ridiculous what you're talking about it doesn't yeah yeah so all right cool well with that um until le- next time Just remember, it always worked in CAD. Take it easy. See ya. Bye.